because we're training for reigning here at Life Changers Church. We're training for reigning. I want you to say that right in your home. Say I'm training for reigning, not rain, R-A-I-N, but rain, R-E-I-G-N, reigning like kings through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The Bible says we reign in this life. We reign as kings in this life. And I want you to reign over this crisis. I want you to reign over the next crisis that comes. I want you to reign over sickness and disease that tries to come to your body. I want you to reign over fear. I want you to reign over anxiety. I want you to reign over worry. I want you to reign over your financial condition. I want you to reign over everything that um, is in this earth. God told us when he created man, he told Adam and Eve, hey, rule this earth, fill this earth, subdue this earth, rule this earth. God made us to have dominion in this life, not to be dominated by anybody, but to have dominion, not over people, but to have dominion over the devil, to have dominion over life circumstances, to have dominion over our situation. And today I want to talk to you specifically and I want to really zero in on God's supernatural provision for your life. And we're I'm kind of piggybacking on last Wednesday's Bible study when we talked about the divine protection of God from Psalm chapter 91, verse one. And I'll go back to it for a moment. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high will abide under the shadow of the almighty. And we learned that dwell there means to sit. He who is seated, sitting means rest. And he who is he who sits in the secret place of the most high. We learned that the secret place of the most high is the cross. The cross is the secret place, because had the rulers of this world known what they were doing when they crucified Jesus, they would have never crucified him. If they would have known that crucifying Jesus was going to shed blood for all of our forgiveness, his blood was going to be shed for our healing. His blood was going to be shed for our deliverance. His blood was going to be shed so that we would no longer be ruled over by the devil, but we would be able to rule over the devil. Then the rulers of this world would have never crucified Jesus if they would have known how his crucifixion was going to become the secret place of the most high God, where God was going to not deceive the rulers of this world, but he hid He hid his plan from them and he hid his plan for us. He hid his plan from the enemy and he hid his plan for you. And that is the secret place of the most high. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the cross. It is the crucifixion of Jesus and the price that he paid through his precious blood. That is the secret place of the most high. But how do we activate the power of that secret place. How do we activate the divine protection of that secret place? As he says in the next verse, I will say of the Lord. So we're going to activate God's protection and God's provision for our life with our words. We activate See, Jesus paid for it on the cross, but we activate it with our words. Jesus put it into existence. We put it into operation in our lives. Jesus put it into existence with his blood. He provides for us everything we need. But we activate, we activate, you know, when you get a a new a new credit card or bank card from your bank and you 
and there's a number on the back that you have to call or go to or go to their website to activate the card. You have the card, you have the credit, you have everything that's in it, but you have to make the call to activate it. You have to say uh, this is me. This is the number and this is uh, the password I want to use or the code that I want to use. You see, you activated it. It was already available to you, but you had to activate it by calling. Okay, so Jesus made all of his provision and all of his protection available to us, but you got to activate it with your words. I will say of the Lord, he's four things. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God and him will I trust. Now, I don't have time to get into that in detail because we did that last week. I want to move on to training you, train you for training for reigning in a in this next area. But we began to talk about how it's the blood of Jesus, the blood covenant, the new covenant in his blood. Remember, there's two covenants that God made. He made the old covenant and then he made the new covenant. The old covenant was follow these laws, follow these rules, offer up the blood of an animal for your sins every year. And then the new covenant is God offers the blood of Jesus once and for all so that whatever he did for them in the old covenant, God will do for us in the new covenant. At least he'll do that. And then some because it's called the better covenant. The only thing that makes it better is that it has to be it has to at least be able to do what the old one did and then some. It has to at least be able to do what the old covenant did. The new one has to at least do what the old one did and then some. Just like I've shared with you many times. Sorry to repeat myself again, but you go to the grocery store, you buy a box of new and improved Tide to wash your clothes with. Well, it better at least do what the old Tide did because you counted on the old Tide cleaning your clothes. And so the new Tide when it says new on it, it better be able to do at least what the old one did and then some. Otherwise, let's just stick with the old. If the new one's not better, then let's stick with the old one because it worked. Well, the old one doesn't work as far as the old covenant, because the old covenant leaves us needing forgiveness every year rather than forgiving us once and for all. And I'll show you what I mean by that, because in order to experience the supernatural provision that God wants you to experience, it's important that you understand what Jesus actually did when he died on the cross for you. Like he didn't just die for your sins to be forgiven, but he died so that you could experience all of God's provision and protection in your life. Let me show you what I mean by taking you to a passage of scripture that uh, perhaps you've read before. But um, Look with me in Exodus chapter 12 and let me go over this with you real quick. You say, oh, man, this is boring me. You're reading out of Exodus. Well, what else do you have to do right now? Really? I mean, we're all at home. We're all stuck. We're all we're all in a situation where we're, you know, locked down in some situations in some ways. But I'll tell you what, if you get a hold of this, you'll have joy wherever you are. If you get a hold of this, you'll walk in God's healing power and provision no matter what happens with the government. They're taking a long time with all those stimulus packages and, you know, political parties get in the way of of um, of things sometimes. And we need to just put our trust in God anyway. Right. We need to put our reliance on God. Stop waiting for the government to do what we hope they'll do for us and start trusting that God will do it for you. Amen. 
That's really where our priority needs to be. So Exodus chapter 12, if you um, if you look there. And he says, the Lord said, this shall be the beginning of the months and tell all the congregation there to take a lamb and there to put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts. And so if you jump down quickly, this was the Passover, which we're approaching in this year at this time. Similar. uh, We're getting close to that. He said, look, he said in verse 13, he says, for I will pat verse 12, I will pass over the land of Egypt that night, strike the firstborn, both man and beast. But notice what what he says. Excuse me. He says, um, but the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are and where when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will befall you to destroy you. Now, how similar does that sound to Psalm 91? No evil shall befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. The blood of the old covenant in Exodus caused the children of Israel to be protected from destruction and from plague when it came into the earth. And so I want you to know that in the old covenant, with the blood of an animal, God gave the children of Israel supernatural protection. How much more does the new covenant with new blood, better blood, the blood of Jesus, how much more will that protect you? Now, you might say, well, come on. Is it really are we do we really want to make this a spiritual? Do we really want to make a spiritual point out of what's happening in the world every day? We need to realize that we're living in a spiritual battle and every day we need to realize that the blood of Jesus is enough for us, no matter whether it's coronavirus, whether it's something else that come down, whether it's something else that happens in your life like the Passover means because the blood of Jesus has been shed for you. Everything that sin. Deserves judgment for it passes over you, the judgment, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, all of that is taken care of by the blood of Jesus. And if it's not true today, it's never true. But if it's ever been true, it's just as true today as it's ever been. If it's if it's if it's not true today, it never has been. But if it's been true, it's today true. Also, it's also true today. And you can expect these provisions for your life through the blood of Jesus. Well, if I can put it to you this way, the first thing we need to do to truly understand God's supernatural provision for our life is we need to understand the old covenant. Now, let me explain to you very briefly what this old covenant did for the children of Israel besides protection. Number one, it protected them. I call it supernatural protection in Exodus 12, 13. Number two, it provided supernatural deliverance from the ferocious army of Egypt. So all of the armies, the enemy army, it provided supernatural deliverance from them in Exodus chapter 15, verse 13. Now I'm talking to you about the old covenant under the old covenant. The God provided supernatural protection for the children of Israel. Number two, he provided supernatural deliverance for them, according to Exodus 15, 13. Number three, he provided supernatural 
provision or supernatural um, abundance in their life, because in Exodus 12, verse 35, Egypt handed over to the Jewish people as they were leaving, handed over their gold, handed over their silver, handed over their clothes. They literally said, take everything we have, take our wealth. And it literally says they had articles of silver and gold and clothing. And the Lord had given them favor in the with the Egyptians. They plundered the Egyptians and they were blessed. So it's supernatural protection. Number one, supernatural deliverance. Number two, supernatural blessing or supernatural provision. Number three and supernatural health. Number four, it says in Psalm 105, verse 37, that there was not a feeble one among them. That word is translated as there was not a sick one and there was not a feeble one among them. In other words, all of the children of Israel left Egypt with supernatural protection supernatural deliverance, supernatural provision and supernatural um, health or healing. This is in the old covenant. Now, I got to point this out. These four things were under the old covenant. And in Hebrews chapter eight, verse six, I want to read this to you. I'm so excited about this. You're going to get excited, too, when you see this in Hebrews chapter eight. Look at what it says in verse six, Hebrews chapter eight, verse six. Now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he, Jesus, is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. He said, and because if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have not been a need for a second covenant. Now, but just go to verse six and see the beauty of this. So I just told you four things that God supernaturally provided for the children of Israel under the old covenant. What were they? Supernatural protection, supernatural deliverance from the enemy, supernatural provision and blessing and supernatural health. Not one of them was sick. Imagine that. Now you say, well, what if somebody's sick in our church? Are they do they lack faith or do they did they sin? Do they do something wrong? No, we live in a fallen world. That's what this virus is from a fallen world. This virus is not because God's sending uh, viruses to kill people. God doesn't God doesn't take life in the new covenant. He gives life and this is not sickness is not from God. Jesus took sickness. Sickness is the result of a fallen world. Sin, sickness, disease, Poverty, uh, all of those things are a result of a fallen world, Adam and Eve sinning. But Jesus rectified that by becoming the second Adam and giving us a better covenant. Now, notice what it says in verse six about Jesus. He's obtained a more excellent ministry. And he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has better promises. Now, the, the lesser promises the worst promises were supernatural protection, supernatural deliverance, supernatural provision and supernatural health. And we have a better covenant. If the if the one that was worse does all that and ours is better because of Jesus, it's better than that. That means we at least get those things and then some. I know you're thinking, Come on, can't you just comfort us in our time of need? This is what will comfort you. 
the knowledge of this is what will comfort you. The knowledge of, of the power you have, the knowledge of this covenant that you have. Like I'm having deja vu right now. I'm thinking I'm remembering saying this exact thing 10 years ago and saying this exact thing 20 years ago. I'm not even planning it. I'm not like borrowing my notes. I'm just telling you what I know to be true and how I live every day and how I want you to live every day that we have a better covenant. Why are we up here praising God? We're not trying to praise God to get him to do something. We're praising God for what he's already done. We're praising God because he gave us a better ministry with a better covenant that has better promises. Why? Because it's better blood. Jesus blood is better than the blood of a lamb. Jesus blood is better than the blood of a goat. First Corinthians five, seven says Jesus is our Passover lamb. So the Passover lamb that the children of Israel had gave them supernatural protection, supernatural provision, supernatural deliverance and supernatural health. And we have a better Passover lamb. So he at least gives us those things and then some. And by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. By his stripes, we are healed by his. This is your covenant right as a child of God. Remember when that woman was bent over all those years in the Bible, you know, in the scripture in Luke chapter, I think it's Luke chapter 13. And she just could not straighten up for 18 years. And the Bible says that this woman was bound by Satan all these years. And Jesus healed her and said, woman, thou art loosed. Jesus healed her, quoting T.D. Jakes. Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from this sickness. And he laid his hands on her and she immediately was healed and began to glorify God. See what what glorified God was her being healed. What caused her to glorify God was her healing. She didn't glorify God to get healed. He healed her and then she began to glorify God. You see. What glorifies God is you receiving what Jesus paid for and the religious leaders, they were like, you shouldn't have done this on the Sabbath day. There were other days you could have done this. And Jesus said, this woman, she's been bound by Satan all these years. And shouldn't she get the chance to be healed since she is a daughter of Abraham? In other words, Jesus was trying to explain to them this woman has the covenant right to healing because she's a daughter of Abraham. She has the covenant right to healing. Satan has bound her these 18 long years. It says in Luke 13, 16, Satan has done it. Who who did the sick, who brought the sickness, who brought the disease that came from Satan. And Jesus healed her and said, she's a daughter of Abraham. And Galatians three twenty nine says, if we belong to Christ, we're sons and daughters of Abraham also. And we get to be heirs of the promise that whatever promise that God made through Abraham, he makes to us too. see how much a better covenant this is. We don't have to kill animals every year. Jesus was killed once for all. And now we get to be the benefactors of a better covenant because we don't have to keep renewing it every year. It's renewed in perpetuity or it's renewed forever or it's yours forever. Woo. I hope you're getting excited right where you are. 
I mean, maybe you knocked over your TV dinner. You got so excited. Your TV dinner went flying. I hope I hope stuff's flying in your house like, you know, we have it better than they had it and they had it great. Woo. So first we got to understand the old covenant, four things, supernatural. I know I'm Pete and repeat supernatural protection, supernatural provision, supernatural deliverance and supernatural health and healing. I showed you the scriptures for those. We have a better covenant, according to Hebrews, chapter eight, verse six, built upon better promises because of Jesus, who is a better mediator of this new covenant. He's the mediator. He's the go between. The covenant happens. We get the rights. We get these blessings because Jesus stands in the gap between God and us so that we can we can have a way to God without us having to do anything except put our trust in Jesus. The second thing is we need to understand this new covenant. Jesus is our Passover lamb. It's a better covenant with better promises. And the third thing we need to understand is how to activate these covenant rights. So first, how do we activate these covenant rights? Remember, at least four things exist under the old covenant. Supernatural protection, supernatural provision, supernatural deliverance and supernatural health. And under the new covenant, those same things Jesus gave us, but he paid the price for them once for all. We don't have to do it every year. And it's not our obedience that gives us these blessings. It's Christ's obedience that gives us these blessings. And we see throughout Scripture, God promises in the new covenant many places where he promises his divine protection. Many places he said, behold, I give you authority. Luke chapter 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy of the enemy. And nothing shall injure you. Nothing shall hurt you. Nothing shall harm you. That's divine protection, supernatural protection. We have supernatural provision in the new covenant, at least in Philippians 419. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. We have supernatural deliverance in the old covenant, in the new covenant. Jesus said that we have dominion over all the demons and over all the things that are creeping around in this world. We have authority over those things. We have dominion over those things. So we have supernatural deliverance in the new covenant. And of course, we have supernatural healing in the new covenant in first Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four by his stripes we are healed. So I only say this to you and we're delivered from the curse in Galatians 3:13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of plagues. He redeemed us. You say, what does this have to do with today? Hey, there's sickness and disease and viruses and and there's poverty and there's lack and there's we're delivered from these things. And we have a covenant right to go to God about any of these things and not beg, not plead not hope, but to like the woman with the issue of blood. She just said, if I just touch his garment, I'll be healed. The garment that she's talking about represented Jesus fulfilling the law. It represented all the commandments in the old covenant. And she said, if I just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. In other words, Jesus is carrying your protection, your provision, your deliverance and your health and healing. 
He's he's carrying that in his body. And we are the body of Christ. He carried the sickness away in his non resurrected body and he carries the healing in his resurrected body. He carried the sickness and he carried our sin in his body on the cross. And now when he rose from the dead, he carries our healing and our deliverance in his body. And we are his body. You can expect healing today. You can expect deliverance today. You can expect protection today. You can expect provision today. You can expect supernatural health, supernatural deliverance. You you are you addicted to something? Jesus will deliver you. Are you afraid of something? Jesus will deliver you. Are you lacking something? Jesus will provide for you. Are you worried about something? Jesus will take it away. Are you concerned about something? Jesus will solve your concern. In other words, he did it all on the cross. He did it all with better blood. And we have the right to these things as children of God, born again, made in the image of God. After Jesus Christ as the firstborn of many brethren, how do we activate it? First of all, we have to have knowledge about it. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. The Bible says the first thing we need to have to activate these provisions, supernatural provision of God. We have to have the knowledge of it. If you walk around ignorant of it, you can't activate something you're ignorant of, just as you can't activate your a credit card that gets mailed to you if you don't if you don't have a number to call to activate it or a email address or a website to go to. You can't activate it. The power is there, but you can't activate it without the knowledge of how to activate it. So you got to know that you got it. You have to know it's your right. You have to know that you can access this stuff. Number one, that you have to have knowledge of it. Number two, the Bible says to speak it. We talked a little bit about that last week. But if you look at the Bible, in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. I thought keep this scripture up for a moment. I thought that we're saved by grace. How are we? How is it that this Bible verse says that our that if we confess Jesus as Lord, it results in salvation because all we're doing when we confess Jesus as Lord is we're agreeing with the fact that he is Lord. We're not making him the Lord. I used to pray, go ahead and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, Jesus already is Lord. I'm not making him Lord, but I am agreeing that he is Lord. And when I agree that he is risen from the dead, he died for my sins. He wrote when I declare that with my mouth. It results in look at what this verse says in verse 10, it results in salvation. I thought Jesus died for our sins. Jesus we're saved by grace. We are saved by grace. He provides for it completely. We activate it with our words. He provides for it and pays for all of it. We simply activate it with our words. We got to get a hold of this, folks. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. The very salvation of going to heaven is activated by speaking it. That's how healing is activated. That's how provision is activated. That's how it's planting the seed. It's speaking God's word into our world. Science has shown the power of words. How much more? Should we believe in the power of, of our words? Science has proven that words have power. Our own relationships have proven that our words have power. 
You can encourage somebody with words. You can discourage somebody with words. Your words are powerful. You can build yourself up with your words. You can tear yourself down with your words. Your words have power. You can activate the gift of salvation with your words or you can leave the gift dormant with your words. God could never save me. I never could do enough to be saved. I never. God doesn't care about me. See, we're activating the absence of salvation with words like that. And you can activate the gift of salvation when you say Jesus is Lord. And believe that he raised him, that God raised him from the dead. It's where the power is. So we activate this stuff, gang. All right. This makes sense. So we declare it with our mouth. We declare. I declare over my life. That Jesus is the better covenant maker, that Jesus blood is better than old covenant blood, that Jesus promises are better promises, that his covenant is a better covenant because his blood is better blood. Therefore, if they had supernatural provision, I have supernatural provision. If they had supernatural protection, I have supernatural protection. If they had supernatural deliverance, I have supernatural deliverance. If they had supernatural health, I have supernatural health. You see, Jesus paid for it. I'm just activating it in my life today. And you can, too. You can't activate something you don't know about and you can't and you can't experience it unless you activate it. So we need to speak it out of our mouth and declare it like, you know, we believe in the invisible spreading of this virus we've never seen. But we have a hard time believing in our invisible words that have the power to heal. We have a hard time believing that our invisible words could actually bring blessing into our lives. We have a hard time sometimes believing that our that our invisible words going out of our mouth cause deliverance and freedom and peace and protection and provision and all the things that are carried in God's promises and carried in the DNA of his blood. We have it all. All we have to do is let the invisible words come out of our mouth that kill an invisible virus. Will there be a vaccine? Will there be a cure? Of course, we've prayed for it. We believe for it. Scientists are studying it. But I want you to know your words are are what has the power. And even a scientist, when he says, I'm going to discover this, he says it out of his mouth. And guess what happens? He starts coming up with solutions. If 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 all the scientists say we could never cure this, then guess what? Their words condemn them. Their words limit them. Their words have put a ceiling on what they can accomplish. But when you say, hey, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, man, that activates strength. When you say it's no longer I, you know, I've been crucified with Christ It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. See, I'm activating my faith with my words. I declare that I'm healed by his stripes. You think we're you think this is some sort of magic It's not magic. It's just the invisible power of words and the invisible power of God's words coming out of our mouth brings deliverance. It brings the protection. It activates all these things. 
I want you to understand something in Ephesians, chapter one, verse three. I'm almost done here in Ephesians, chapter one, verse three. It says God has hath already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, how do we get the spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places into the earth? It's with our words. Our words are the ladder from heaven to earth. Our words are what heavens, what heavenly blessings travel on into our earthly life. Our words and he says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So what causes all those blessings that are in heavenly places to hit our earthly needs? Our words. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse um, 18 or so, right around there, he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, in the heavenly places are all your spiritual blessings. How do you get them here on earth? Whatever you loose on earth has been loosed and will be loosed from heaven or from the heavenly place where it dwells, where all your spiritual blessings are. Your spiritual blessings are only spiritual because they're in heavenly places. But what makes your spiritual blessings physical blessings is you bring them out of heaven or out of the heavenly places into earthly places. And how do you do that with your words? Power It's where the power is. And um, this is how we activate it. We also activate this when we realize that this covenant went into effect when Jesus blood was shed. Um, it says, I think, in Hebrews chapter nine, verse seven, verse 16. Only when there's the death of the covenant maker do the promises of the covenant go into effect for where there is a covenant, there must be the death of the one who made it. So Jesus death on the cross is meant to not only get you to heaven and forgive you of your sins, but to activate his will for a covenant, he says, is valid only when men are dead. And only when the one he says, for it is never in force. While the one who made it lives, it's never enforced. It does. It can't be enforced. The, the blessings of the, the, the list of things that belong to you in Christ Jesus can only become yours through the death. They cannot be enforced until the one who made the will dies. Ah, so even therefore, he said, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. Every covenant is inaugurated with blood. So Jesus sheds his blood. Guess what that means? That means now we can enforce the will of God in our situation. Now we can enforce his supernatural protection, his supernatural provision, his supernatural deliverance, his supernatural health and healing in our lives. We can enforce it now with our words because of the blood. Amen.